Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we talk about getting lean by eating clean with Brian Grant. A lot of my clients I'm, I'm working with virtually and I'll be like, you know, let's just not worry about weighing ourselves, but they still do it. I try to discourage it and just say, let's focus on the process, right? And I, I equate it back to golf, right? Uh, you got to focus on the process to, to, you know, I coach high school golf. They're all focused about the results, about the results. You know, like you talk about a little bit, you know, let's get involved in the process. And once you get into the process, the results will come. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper. Thank you for pressing play today. Hope you're having an incredible day filled with gratitude, abundance, and love. I'm your host, Ben Azadi, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. Today, we bring on my friend, Brian Grin. I was on his podcast recently titled Get Lean, Eat Clean Podcast. We had an amazing conversation and I asked him to, hey, let's do one on my show. And we did. And we had an awesome conversation. You'll hear about his backstory being a personal trainer for 20 years and figuring out that training is great, but if you don't have the nutrition and other things dialed in, it's hard to get the results you want. So he pivoted and started to create a plan. He calls it his Fat Burner Blueprint, which is a program he offers. And we're going to outline the six pillars in his program, which is creating clarity and setting your baseline. You'll learn about that, different ways to test body fat and get small wins. Second pillar is small changes, which results in big results. Master plan. Activity upgrade is the third one. Sleeping like a superhero. Stress management. Nutrition and meal timing. And much more. It's an awesome conversation with Brian. He's a good dude. And uh, we talk about why we have one person in one camp who's very extreme saying, you got to do carnivore and only carnivore. Then you have another camp saying, eat vegetables and don't eat meat. And how do you find your truth? Well, we find it by synthesizing the information. And we talk about how to do that on today's episode. So I think it's going to provide you with a lot of clarity and help you burn fat, feel good, put on muscle and live a long, healthy life. So before I bring on Brian, I do want to take a minute here to get to the Apple Podcast rating review of the day. This five-star review comes from Rich Jack, titled Informative and Interesting. Ben is a great human and an expert whom advice about keto and intermittent fasting can be followed with closed eyes. He is full of energy and transfers his energy to get everyone to their best, healthiest way. Thank you, Rich Jack. I'm glad you appreciate my energy. I believe attitude and enthusiasm are very important to live an abundant life and to connect with other people. So I appreciate the acknowledgement. I'm so glad you're getting uh, this information and applying it 
and hopefully it's changing your life. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or review on Apple Podcast or whatever podcast platform you're listening to, please do so right now. It really helps the show grow, change more lives, reach more people. And all it takes is just a few seconds of you hitting pause and leaving that rating and review. And maybe I'll read your rating and review on the next episode. Hey, before we get into today's interview with Brian, I want to talk about insulin resistance and diabetes. Do you currently have insulin resistance or diabetes or know somebody who does? Chances are you do. According to the statistics, 60% of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic, and I would argue that's probably even much higher. Most people are not even aware that they are in a pre-diabetic or diabetic range. What I discovered after my father passed away from the complications of diabetes back in 2014 is this. It's actually pretty rare to die from diabetes. Most people die from the degenerative diseases connected to the diabetes. And I'm going to share with you some stats that are really alarming. Here in the United States, about 60% plus of Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. I just mentioned that. 68% of these diabetics end up with heart disease. 16% will have a stroke. and 70% end up with neuropathy, where their nerves are degenerating. Here's the crazy thing. The stats I just shared with you are stats on diabetics who are on medication. Most people don't understand that just because you're taking medication, it doesn't mean you are exempt from the set of statistics. Yeah, the diabetes meds, the metformin, the insulin, may show the sugar levels are getting better, but guess what? The diabetes is getting worse. Question to ask is, where is the sugar going? It's damaging the blood vessels. It's damaging our organs. Conventional medicine treats the symptom, the high glucose, when the root cause is excessive insulin production and cell membrane inflammation. Just by taking meds and insulin, you're making the root cause worse and the diabetes worse. You can't superficially treat only the symptoms and expect the disease to get better. It takes about 10 to 15 years for the average person to get diagnosed with diabetes. Meanwhile, they're in this hyperinsulinemia response year after year. Let's get to some good news. We've been told that diabetes, type 2 diabetes, is a progressive and chronic disease. But the untold truth is this. Your genes are not your destiny. And type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle disease that can be completely preventable and reversible with lifestyle change. I've had the privilege of working with hundreds of diabetics over the years, helping them get off their medications and reverse their condition. So contrary to what the American Diabetes Association has led us to believe, we can reverse this for good and reclaim our health. This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. You could hear my passion because of what I saw with my dad. And look, if you have insulin resistance or diabetes or know somebody that does, this is very important. I'm putting together a live training taking place September 6 at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to share the root cause of diabetes. There are two primary causes. And then I'm going to get into four secrets to reversing insulin resistance and diabetes for good. The training is completely free and only for those who are in this position of diabetes and insulin resistance. So I encourage you to go to diabeteswebclass.com. 
or click the link in the podcast notes. Maybe you don't have insulin resistance or diabetes, but you know somebody who does. I would encourage you to share the masterclass, the live training with them. This could change their life forever. It's diabeteswebclass.com or click the link down below. Uh, I pray and I hope we get all as many people as possible who are diabetic or insulin resistant so I can help them put a dent in that and reverse these conditions for good. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. All right, let's talk about the fat burning blueprints with Brian Grin. Brian's mission is to pay it forward by offering support, encouragement, and education for those who are seeking positive change in their lives. Through his Integrative Institute of Nutrition Education and 10 years of group training and coaching, he's learned that eating can help the body heal itself. He's the host of the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. Here's Brian Grin. Brian Grin, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I was on your podcast, the Get Lean Eats Clean podcast. So everybody go subscribe to Brian's podcast. We had a great conversation. We also just did a cool Instagram live this week on our Instagram channels. And let's get into your... uh, Before we get into some amazing strategies to lose weight, burn fat, and keep it off for good, we'll get there. Before we do, you've been in the space for 20 years or so, health and wellness space, (laughs) which is amazing. I want to know, and I know my audience wants to know, what sparked this transition into the health and wellness industry? It's a good question. And well, I would say, you know, it's been sort of, it's evolved over time. I, I was originally just got into it because I enjoyed resistance training and I thought I could help others that way. So I did that out of like a small studio and I enjoyed it. I felt though, as I was doing just resistance training, that I was missing pieces of the puzzle that could really help impact people's health. And one of those was obviously nutrition, meal timing, things like that, which we'll talk about, I'm sure today. Uh, A client of mine actually got me into fasting because I came up with a few products with fasting as well. And actually, I had her on my podcast, um, Rita Spivak is her name. And I had her on the podcast because she was pre-diabetic. You know, her numbers, her blood panel numbers weren't great. And she tried everything. And finally got into fasting. Dr. Jason Fung, I believe, was one of the, you know, she read Obesity Code and started doing extended fasts actually on, you know, she got guidance and there's actually a natural doctor out in Chicago here that she worked with just to monitor her throughout this. But that was where she got the biggest impact. And I sort of just was sitting back watching her do this, thinking to myself, wow, this is such a big impact it's having on her. And I thought to myself, well, I, all I know is fasting through major religions. I don't. That's all I knew about it. So I said, "Why don't I try this on myself before I talk about it with clients, or you know, maybe help people that way?" And yeah, I started. I was in my 30s. Now I'm 41, but I was in my 30s because I found that even, you know, as you get older, it's like if you keep doing the same thing, the results get more difficult to get mm-hmm. yeah. that you did when you were in your 20s. And you know, I was pretty active, ate fairly clean, I would say, but. Um, once I started doing fasting, I just felt like it, it took me to another gear and um, you know, sort of got me over some plateaus and started to get my body back and uh, to what it once was, so, which is sort of my theme on my podcast. And so that, that prompted me just to... I came out with a journal, a challenge, and you know, the Fat Burner Blueprint sure came along after that. But that's what sort of spurred me into that direction. And now I do more, I would say, coaching 
like coaching and nutrition um, as opposed to just doing resistance training. And we hit sort of every avenue of health. So yeah, very cool. And so many people have read the obesity code and it really sparked them into the fasting world for me, myself included. I mean, Jason Fung was somebody who sparked my interest immensely into fasting and applying it and teaching it and studying it some more. So it's super cool. So you were a personal trainer for, is that what you were doing yeah. in the beginning? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were focusing more on strength training, which is great, and, and the fitness component, but you felt like there was something missing. Mm-hmm. And that's where you started to implement some different protocols. So I know that you specialize in weight loss, fat loss, and you work with a lot of mi- middle-aged men and women, but this is relevant to any human being. You said something already that's really important. As you get older, the things you did in your 20s, it's not going to be the same thing that you do in your 30s versus your 40s and 50s. But even in general, and you know this better than anybody being a, a personal trainer. I, I used to be a personal trainer myself. The best personal trainers, the best fitness coaches have one thing in common. And that thing is they're always changing up the workout, the routine, keeps the body guessing and adapting, which gets them results. Should the same philosophy be applied with our health and nutrition? I would say yes and no. I think that I think it's good to switch things up. I know you like to. And I think though in the beginning, I think you want to stick to one plan until you sort of get into a routine and it becomes habitual. Because sometimes I think when you switch too often, then you don't really master any one thing. And that could be true for a lot of things. But I always equate it and you see my hat, pray for birdies. (laughs) (laughs) I I equate everything back to golf. So if there are some golfers out there, it's like, uh, I'll equate it to this. If you're wanting to make improve in golf, but every week you read a new magazine article on how to make a, a swing change and make your game better. And you just every week you keep changing. You'll never go anywhere. It's going to be a big circle going back and forth and not getting anything done. So I think, yes, I think it is good to switch things up, especially you know if you talk about just building muscle and confusing the body that way. But I do think that there's so many different rhetorics about eating and about uh, meal timing and, you know, circadian rhythm and this and that. Pick one thing, stick with that until it can become habitual. And then I think you can start adding on to that. Yeah, fair point. I agree. So you have a program, it's called the Fat Burner Blueprint Program. And uh, it's a paid program, but we're going to get Brian to give us some of the key takeaways or the outline, I should say, from the program. So there's six different pillars that we're going to get into on this conversation and how to achieve amazing results with your health and your fat loss and weight loss and your your health in general, the goals you have. So let's get into these six pillars. They're they're awesome. I was looking them up before we uh, hit record here. The first one, I'll read it and then I'll let you get into what exactly this means. Number one is creating clarity and set your baseline. What do you mean by that? Yeah, you did your due diligence. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, Yeah, so I think first and foremost, uh, before you get into like, specific action steps, you have to find out where you're at. Like, where are we starting from? Uh, One of the things I like to use is a DEXA scan. You can use, you know, a lot of people like, oh, I just want to weigh myself. But we all know that, you know, weight is only really a small sort of subsection of what you should be focusing on. We really want to feel, you know, how are our clothes fitting? And so waist measurements are important, but DEXA scan gives us all that bone mass, fat mass. And so so we find out where we're starting from. We get a full baseline assessment with that. And then we go dive into like, 
getting crystal clear on you know why you want to do something. You always hear, find out your why. I mean, it is really true. You got to really get crystal clear on it. And it might not, ha- it might not be right away. This might take some time to get into because you've developed these unconscious patterns your whole life that has sort of hindered your progress. And we have to sort of dig a little bit deeper and figure out, you know, what is the true reason why you want to make this change? Because that's sort of going to carry you throughout the whole program. You said something really important, which is the number on the scale is just a small result and something you don't really want to put too much energy into. Now, I know uh, people have weight loss goals. They want to lose 20 pounds, 80 pounds, 100 pounds, and you'll get there. But by focusing on the scale, it's only going to lead you towards a path of discouragement and frustration. Have you seen that with your clients? And if you have, how do you coach them through that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I don't know if it's funny. A lot of my clients I'm, I'm working with virtually, and I'll be like, you know, let's just not worry about weighing ourselves, but they still do it. <laughs> yeah, I see it too. Yeah, right. So, you know, what are you going to do? They still do it, but I try to discourage it and just say, let's focus on the process, right? And I, I equate it back to golf, right? Uh, you got to focus on the process. To, to, you know, I coach high school golf. They're all focused about the results, about the results. You know, like you talk about a little bit, you know, let's get involved in the process. And once you get into the process, the results will come. Yeah, well said. That's exactly it. And then you mentioned a DEXA scan. I think it's a great idea to do that. Some people might have a challenge getting that done because I believe you have to go to like a, a clinic to get that done. What is the best way to do that? Yeah, you do have to go to a clinic and it seems like they're almost everywhere. But yeah, if that is an issue, like I said, you're probably best, you know, best thing second to that is if you could find some type of body fat percentage, like a body pod, you know, or even if you just do waist circumference and then, you know, around, you know, just around the belly, you know, visceral fat, which is where we're focusing most on. I think that's, and just how your clothes fit really, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Dexas can be the best. And if you can't, you can get some body fat calipers and take the measurements done. Just make sure it's the same person. You do it kind of at the same time to kind of to keep it um, right, uh, the same. What is the word I'm looking for? To keep it... Um, Just consistent. Consistent. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Make sure you're doing, keeping every, the variables the same. That's what I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you could also get... There's in-body scales. A lot of fitness uh, like gyms have these in-body scales. Supplement companies have them, like uh, stores like Vitamin Shop, et cetera, sometimes have it. Or you could get some of the... I actually have one right here. It's, it's not 100% accurate, but it's those body fat scales that you buy on Amazon, 50 to 80 bucks. And uh, it, gives you a, it gives you an idea of where you're at but and measurements and clothes, et cetera. So get that done. You could get the number of the scale done too, but don't focus on that. Start there. Now you know where you're working from. And then how often do you recommend testing that again? Every three months. Great. Yeah, every three months. And that's what we typically do because the Fat Burner Blueprint is a six-month program. So halfway through, we like to sort of assess where you're at. And, and yeah, I would say you do it again after three months and you can make adjustments and then you do it one more time. And that's also with stepping on the scale every three months you're recommending? Yeah. I mean, if someone's like, oh, you know, maybe once a month if they okay. want to do the scale. But as far as DEXA, just because obviously it's a little more expensive and a little more of a hassle, then I would just do it every three months. Yeah, I like that. I like that approach. So that's the first pillar, getting clarity, setting your baseline, keeping it in front of you, like keep reminding yourself, like this is what you're working from and and have some targets on where you want to be at that three-month mark. Then you mentioned a little bit about this already, but the second pillar is small changes and, and the big results master plan. So let's dive into that. What does that mean? Yeah, so 
what that is, is that's identifying sort of those low hanging fruits, uh, like, like those major culprits that are, that have, you know, that can make the biggest impact really right away. Because I think what's important, you talk about maybe people getting discouraged because they're weighing themselves every day. People get discouraged if they're not going to get small wins right away. And so I think if, I think it, it makes sense initially to find those low hanging fruits that can make the biggest impact right off the bat and focus on those. And once you get those, you know, you wrap your hands around, you know, getting those done, then you can move on to some, maybe some of the other things that might optimize your health as well. So what would be an example of a, a small win, like a low hanging fruit win? Maybe a couple of examples. Yeah. So I'll just give you an example. I have a client right now who I think we both knew this as, you know, going in a few weeks into it, but, you know, drinking alcohol was something that was like an every night thing. And it led to some bad habits. And so it's like a cascade effect. And we obviously came to the conclusion that if we can eliminate or even cut back instead of six, seven nights a week to two nights a week, that that's going to sort of have this positive effect on every other aspect of his life, which is, you know, not eating late at night, sleeping better, things like that. So that that's an example of, you know, maybe a low hanging fruit that a lot of people have where maybe they're they're drinking too much. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> too, <laughs> too often. So yeah, that's great. Another another example would be probably you eat seven times a day and now you're eating three times a day, right? You're just having your breakfast, lunch, lunch and dinner. That's a great start, uh, a great change, a low-hanging fruit. I, I like the idea of small wins to get people that dopamine hit, to get them excited. I, I really believe that small tweaks lead to giant peaks. And I'm all for big goals and having big goals, but it, you don't just go big or go home on day one. That's what mm. people get frustrated about. So it's a small little changes. So I love that. And that's your step number two. So step number three is an activity upgrade. Let's talk about that, dude. Yeah, this one evo has evolved, I'll tell you, because I came from sort of the camp of, okay, hour, hour and a half in the gym, all these sets, all these reps, and it's evolved for me. So I've implemented it into the program because a lot of, like you mentioned, my clients are middle-aged and they're getting up there and you can't, like we talked about, it's very difficult to do things that you were doing in your 20s, now maybe in your 40s or 50s. And so I've implemented the X3 bar into my program just because it's had a huge impact on my health and uh, my strength. So with my clients, I have them get the X3 bar. And I had Dr. Jake Wish on a couple of times. I think you might have had him on as well. I didn't, but but I, I've seen your Instagram posts with the the X3 bar. Explain what that is and, and how that works. Yeah. So it's a series of resistance bands that are a different thickness. And also there's a ground plate that comes with it, um, along with a uh, couple feet long, maybe three feet long Olympic bar. And so it's one system. And essentially, you know, once COVID hit back a couple of years ago now, I was looking for something I could do out of the house. And I was so used to going to the gym and lifting weights. I found this and started doing it myself. And it's just, you know, it's the thing about the X3 is with resistance bands, I used to always be like anti-resistance bands and, and thinking, oh, you can't get a good workout from them. But 
what's great about them is variable resistance where because everyone's on a strength curve, you know, where you can lift in one spot or one range of motion in your body, you can't lift in another range of motion. Let's just talk about like, let's just for an example, say, if I'm doing a shoulder press, right? So I'm lifting something above my head. Well, the sticking point is down below, right? Like, let's just say if I'm holding it just above my shoulders, and I can only lift a certain amount of weight there. But as my arm extends, I get stronger and stronger. And um, invariably, the bands get more difficult. Mm -hmm. So it instead of just holding a 20 pound dumbbell where the weight is static, you have a variable resistance with the bands and it's getting more difficult as you get stronger. So it's putting less load also on your joints in a vulnerable position, which would be down below. It's same thing like a chest press, you're vulnerable, your your elbows are in a, a tough position when it's on your chest, as opposed to when you're extending your arms. And that's, that's the whole object, the whole idea with variable resistance. Makes sense. Super cool. So how much does that uh, X3 bar cost? Yeah, the whole system, I mean, it's definitely a little bit more on the expensive side. It's about $500. Okay. Well, if you think about it, if somebody's spending 99 bucks a month at the gym in about five months, you get that back and then everything else is saved money. So it make, it's a great, it sounds like a great investment to me. No doubt about it. I've made, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, upgrade your activity and Again, this goes back to your second tip. If your activity is no activity, then maybe you start with like just moving and getting your steps and then you upgrade and kind of build from there. Is that what you would recommend? Exactly. And if they don't want to start out with the X3, but there are small bands and, you know, it's for any sort of level. But yes, you could also just do, you know, we could start with some body weight um, exercises and different ways to sort of work your way into that. Exactly. We all have our body weight that we could (laughs) use to lift weight. And some of us have too much body weight. So it's a good idea. Hey, Keto Camper, it is time to get your shift together. What do I mean? Sugar Shift is a unique probiotic designed as a working system to convert the sugars, glucose and fructose in your gut to the free radical scavenger mannitol, which also feeds a healthy gut microbiome, supports the mitochondria, and by the way, it increases the production of butyrate, which helps protect the gut lining and is one of the main ketone bodies. You heard of it, beta-hydroxybutyrate. This is one of my favorite formulas. It's an eight-strain formula built as a working system to provide specific gut functions, and it's unique in its probiotic formulation. One of my favorite things about this product is that it breaks down and detoxifies glyphosate. The product also includes strains that has been shown to improve muscle mass and support changes in body mass. I've used it with several of my Keto Camp Academy students and they have reported to me it's helped them with their sugar cravings, it helped them with their transition from sugar burner to fat burner, helps to keep them in ketosis and take the results to another level, helps when they hit a plateau, improves digestion. In a recent study, BiotaQuest, the company that makes Sugar Shift, showed huge improvements in blood sugar reduction, A1C reduction, also reducing LPS, which is an endotoxin that can create inflammation in your body. If you'd like to get your hands on a bottle of Sugar Shift from BiotaQuest, head to BiotaQuest.com, which is spelled B-I-O-T-I-Q-U-E-S-T, and then put the coupon code CAMP, K-A-M-P-1-0 at checkout, and also check out their other products as well. We'll drop links down below with the coupon code in the podcast notes. Now, next one is sleep like a superhero game plan. I love the idea of that. So let's talk about sleep. 
Yeah. So that's all about just building like a simple, manageable routine around sleep. We talked about this maybe on our Q&A that we did. But I just think that, you know, prioritizing sleep is, is just pillar number one, really. This is something that I start a lot. Once you get through cl- creating clarity, this might be the next thing that's like the most important thing because it's like, you know, you can talk about all the other ways of improving your health, but if you're not wrapping your arms around a solid sleep routine, then, you know, you could throw everything else out the window. And um, I think as you get older, you know, and I'm even finding myself, I have to focus a little bit more on getting optimal sleep to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm energized throughout the day and have mental clarity and things like that. Uh, it's so important. You're right. It's, it's foundational because uh, you could do all the other things that you men- you're mentioning here. But if you don't have that sleep going on, you're not getting quality sleep. It's going to be very difficult to get the results you want and the fat loss that you want. So do you personally track your sleep to see how you're doing? Yeah. So I've done it on and off with the Whoop. Um, I know you use the Aura Ring. Mm-hmm. And I use the Whoop on and off for you know a year or two. I, I like it. I it, it was great for the time being. I just got... I don't use it right now, but I sort of got what I needed from it uh, per se and and have a have sort of a feeling on on how I want to go about, you know, getting optimal sleep. So, but if for for anyone, you know, having a wearable at least a, at least for I would say a few months just to sort of get wrap your arms around, you know, your REM sleep and your your deep sleep and things like that, I think is a good tool. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great idea. So the Whoop band would be a great option. I've never used the Whoop band, but I have a lot of colleagues who Love it. They also say it's really good for fitness. And then there's um, the Oura Ring, which I have on here, and I use that every night. It's very convenient. Uh, I, I love using it, but it, there's also a problem with putting too much value in these metrics versus how you feel. So there needs to be a balance. Have, did you find that with yourself? Like you were like, all right, I feel good, even though it just says I didn't sleep that good. And now I'm not going to feel good because it said that I shouldn't feel good. Yeah, it's funny. It's like I remember with the Whoop, it'd be like, It'd be like 8.50. They're like, oh, you should start getting ready for bed. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yes, I think relying too much on it almost can be like a mental sort of hurdle in a sense that like it might tell you one thing and you're like, well, I don't know. I actually feel another way. So, yeah, I think you got to take all that stuff with a grain of salt, whether it's the aura or the whoop. But I think it's not a bad thing to have just initially just to sort of build a baseline like we talked about. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, but you do want to also, you know, how do you feel, right? Listen to your body as well. I actually use it differently when I get that notification from my aura. Uh, it'll tell me it's getting close to your bedtime around, like you said, 8.50. But <laughs> I like to go to bed early. So what I do is I, I'll show my fiance, look, aura wants us to go to sleep because <laughs> I'm always <laughs> trying to go to bed early. Uh, hey, I'm the same way. I like to be like, I'm maybe not 9 o'clock, but like I'm a 10, 10.30. Like I'm... But I, I noticed your ring there. What are you going to do when the real one's on there? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this is on my right hand. Okay. And the real one will be on my left <laughs> Yeah, some people wear their aura ring on their, for, as their wedding band. I'm, I'm probably not going to do that. But yeah, <laughs> you make a good point. I'll just have two rings. Because it each. does look like a wedding ring. It does, yeah. But yeah. It's, on my, it's on my right here. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so sleep. And we're not going to get too much into sleep. But um, of course, we have had many podcasts on how to get better sleep. But prioritize your sleep is the important thing here. Get quality sleep, you know. You want to wake up refreshed. You want to make sure you're not relying on stimulants and and energy drinks to get through your day. Your body should be able to do that naturally. So I love that. And then next one, this is very important as well. I I would put up there with sleep. It's uh, stress management. So last two years, Ryan, a lot of people have been losing their management of stress and the stress has been overwhelming them. So why is it important 
to manage your stress and what are some some ways to to manage your stress? Yeah, this is a big one. Like you mentioned, I think that a lot of people, first of all, when they're stressed, they eat. It's like a crux. So I think that's a big reason. And and you know you don't want to obviously be in this fight or flight mode throughout the day. I think some stress management tools that I use for myself and even my wife, we've been starting to do that I like is, is just like a night meditation. And we just listen to something together before bed. It's sort of a nice way to like end the day and like, okay, the day's over. Like I don't need to focus on my tasks or what happened per se. I just, at this point, I'm focusing on just calming the mind and getting into a, sort of a, a good mindset for sleep. So, you know, feeling calm and peaceful throughout the day might not always happen. And that's fine. I think that I talk about this quite a bit on my podcast, but, you know, doing little things like meditation, if you could do some sauna, like I know you have, you do some infrared, I do some infrared sauna. I find that helps with sleep as well. What do you think about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When I started using it, I was getting, I was tracking, I was getting more deep sleep. And that's something for you. You don't have a huge, you just have a, like a blockade of it, right? Like you're not like, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I have, well, I have this, um, okay. as like yeah. the, for, in terms of the light. And then I use an, um, a sauna blanket from higher dose as well. Okay. Yeah. So I think that is a, is a good place too. I, we talk, I don't know if we talked about, but I have a plunger, a cold plunge. Oh no, I didn't know that. That's, <laughs> that's super cool. But you know, even cold showers, I would say maybe you don't need to do like a cold, cold shower right before bed, but you could, I find that actually helps with my sleep as well. Mm-hmm. Just getting the blood flow throughout the body because, you know, when you go in these, these cold situations and also I'll help you handle stress too. Like I find, you know, when I get, get into these, these cold situations, you know, you, it's a lot just mental and it's a lot of just focusing on your breath. So it is almost like a form of meditation when you're putting yourself in some type of cold thermogenesis situation, whether it's a cold shower or a plunge. And you take that sort of with you throughout the day. So starting your day with a cold shower, like maybe even just start with doing the last 10 seconds of your shower and then continually increase it up from there until you do it maybe for 30 seconds or a minute. I think you'll get a ton of great benefits and it'll help you actually control stress throughout the day. Agreed. Every time I take a cold shower, and then you know, I say cold. I'm in Miami. It doesn't get that cold, but right, the coldest the pipes, yeah, the coldest <laughs> the pipes can get. I feel uh, invigorated. I feel energized, and it does help with sleep. Even though it does give you that energizing effect, y- your body temperature needs to be uh, dropping as you go into bed and 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 become unconscious. And especially for deep sleep, you want to lower your body temperature. So taking a cold shower or cold plunging before bed. I interviewed uh, Terry Youngblood from Chili Pad. She recommended doing exactly what you said, a cold plunge an hour before bed. So that's cool. Is your cold plunge something you built out or is it something you bought? Yeah, I was building it out. And then I said to myself, you know, if I'm going to splurge, (laughs) (laughs) this will be it. (laughs) This will be it. And let me tell you, it's the best thing I got going. If people want to talk about a natural antidepressant, this is it. Mm. This is really it. I really do believe that. And you wonder why Wim Hof and things like, and, and, you know, people like that have sort of, you know, you're hearing about them a lot more often and, and he like just raves about it is it truly is when you put yourself in a stressful situation like this, where even if it's just a minute or 30 seconds, it just sort of cascades to other areas of your life. And even if you can't buy a cold plunger, but they, now I feel like they're popping up. You don't have to spend $8,000 on a cold plunge. 
you can make your own. I think Brad Kearns makes his own and he puts it on the side of his house. Oh, that's <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, for like maybe 80 bucks, 100 bucks, if that. Yeah, that's cool. Or you could just buy a whole bunch of ice and put it in your tub with water. Right, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I am definitely, when I, cause I'm living in an apartment now, but when I move to a house, I'm going to get a cold plunge. <laughs> I'm going to splurge on it myself. Yeah. That's awesome. So the last, the last pillar here and the six pillars is one of my favorites, and that is nutrition and meal timing. I imagine this is AKA intermittent fasting, but I'll let you speak more about this. Yeah. So it is, it's a combination. I'd say, I think first and foremost, and I think you, we talked about this when I interviewed you is cleaning up your eating and getting like fat adapted, which I'm, you talk about probably every other day or every day <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at nauseum is, or fat adapted or keto adapted, which I know they're different, but to at least get yourself around the concept of lowering carbs a bit and not getting on this sort of glucose roller coaster, starting there is a great starting point. And then like we mentioned earlier, if you're eating four, five, six meals a day, maybe cutting that back to three. So there are steps to get into fasting that I think you should take. And once you get wrap your arms around those steps, then you can start getting into some, you know, inner day fasts or alternate day fasting, depending on what works best for the individual. Yeah, well said. So for you, what does your fasting routine look like these days? So mine is typically, I stop eating around 6.30 p.m. So my last bite of food is at 6.30. And then from there, I fast until the next day, I would say on average 2 o'clock. Great. And do you exercise in that fasted state? Yeah, like yourself. You usually work out around 1-ish. And then maybe wait a little bit, maybe take the dogs for a walk, come back. And then I usually break my fast after that. Do you notice a difference on days that you may work out with uh, not fasted? So days that you work out with food in your stomach versus workouts in the fasted state, have you noticed a difference between those two? Yeah, it's a good question. And I've tried both just to test it out. Maybe a little bit, but not enough to do it regularly. Not enough that I felt like I was performing that much better that I needed to have something before I worked out. A lot of times I'll just do maybe a, a, I have this clean energy drink that's, you know, there's not much in it, maybe a little bit of caffeine in there. I'll take that maybe 10, 15 minutes before and then I'm into it. So I don't know about you, but I have not felt that much of a difference if I have something to eat and then work out maybe a couple hours later. Yeah, I, I notice I feel better when I'm fasted. You also get more fat loss. And we're talking about fat loss here because you're going into that. And I love the way that Dr. Bickman explains this. And I know you recently had him on on your show. He explains the benefits of a fasted workout this way. When you go into a workout with an empty stomach, fasted, uh, and you start exercising, there's a demand for energy. Your body's going to burn more calories. And you're going to put your body fat and fatty acids at the front of this metabolic bus to be burned for energy first versus having a banana or a protein shake or a meal before the workout, you're putting the food energy, the calories from the food at the front of the metabolic bus, then the body will burn the food and then tap into your body fat. So it's a longer process. So I love it. Plus, think about it. When you're eating a meal, it takes a lot of blood flow that's diverted to the digestive system. And now if you're fasted, you could use that blood flow to just crush your bands, crush your kettlebells, crush whatever workout that you're doing. So I notice a big benefit by doing my fasted workouts like you. Yeah, you know, and I, a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, I just can't work out fasted, you know, and those 
people are probably just they're not used to it. Um, like you talk about, you got to sort of build your fasting muscle. And I think you do have to maybe build your fasting muscle until maybe you start doing fasted workouts. But once you build it up, then you'll start, I think you're going to start to realize that you, you do not need to have anything in your system to get a, a sufficient workout. Yeah. And it goes back to your, your second pillar here. You know, your first change would be, okay, if you feel awful and you don't feel great doing a fasted workout, maybe you just do a fasted walk, right? Mm-hmm. You do a cardio light workout in the fasted state, see how you feel and then kind of build from there. It goes, so everything I like, I like it because everything is kind of interconnected here. Yes. No doubt about that. Yeah. So to answer your question, that yeah. So I'll work out, break my fast maybe an hour later. And that's the thing too. I actually, I was, um, listen, I don't know if you know Dr. Stuart Phillips. Maybe no. you think about getting him on. He's a protein guy. But I watched like an hour presentation about protein last night. I don't know why. I just got enthralled. It was, it was actually pretty interesting. But, you know, the anabolic window is a lot bigger than people think. So you don't need to work out and just hammer this protein shake right after. I used to always think I would have to do that. Same. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As soon as you're done with that barbell, you go chug that shake. Otherwise, you're going to lose your benefits. It's a whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah. And you think about it. The body's very smart. It raises human growth hormone during a fast. And even more, it'll raise human growth hormone even more during a fasted workout. And that preserves muscle. It's muscle building. And then when you break the fast, whether it's an hour after the workout, two or three hours later, then and and I want to hear what this what this gentleman said. But then do you break it with like a heavy protein focused meal? Yeah, I mean, obviously he talked a lot about a lot of different things. Some of the things that stood out was obviously the anabolic window is is a lot bigger than you think, up to two, a couple of days even. And he also talked about the uh, essential amino acid leucine. And how important that is for building muscle hypertrophy. And leucine is something that you can find a lot in eggs. But he said that that's like the number one ranking essential amino acid. You want to make sure you're getting that. And you can get that along with uh, the other amino acids as well. But that one you got to really make sure to help with um, muscle protein synthesis. The other thing that I thought was interesting that I don't do, but maybe if this is someone that's listening that is you know maybe a little bit younger and not even a little bit younger if they let's just say they're they're feeling like they're not getting their their muscle gains and they're eating like one or two meals a day he actually talked about that ideally spreading out the protein 3 to 4 times throughout the day is like the biggest bang for your buck if you're really in a in in muscle building mode it makes sense. That's why a lot of bodybuilders eat every two to three hours and it's protein focused. So that makes sense. But also with that being said, having a goal to build muscle and as much strength as possible is not typically synonymous with having health and longevity goals, is it? Yes, I agree. It, it depends on your goals. And I, even knowing that for me, like I feel like I've gotten stronger and for me, I, I would never go, go to four, four, you know, let's just say four meals. One of the things he did mention, and I don't know if this is falling in lines with, with how we talk, but like having that protein meal before bed, because, you know, when you're sleeping, you're in a catabolic state. And, you know, I think people that are really muscle centric, they worry about that. <laughs> no, yeah, it makes sense. If your goal is to build muscle and size, then yeah, having that before bed. But again, it's not synonymous with health and longevity. So you got to figure out what your goals are. And I think there could be a happy balance in getting both of that. So maybe some days you do that, some days you don't. Uh, it's a balancing act. Did you know that your natural ability to digest food declines with age? 
This is because your body produces fewer enzymes, which are the proteins responsible for digesting food. Fewer enzymes means more difficulty digesting food. This is especially true if you cook your food because cooking kills enzymes. This is why you may have a digestive problem even after a healthy meal. It could be a keto meal or a carnivore meal. Sometimes you just can't produce enough enzymes to get the job done. This is where supplementing with a high-quality enzyme supplement can be a huge help. I personally recommend and use Masszymes by Buy Optimizers. It's a best-in-class supplement loaded with full-spectrum enzymes for digesting proteins, starches, sugars, fibers, and fats. Taking Masszymes daily helps to top off your enzyme levels and replaces the enzymes your body is no longer producing which means you'll be able to eat all sorts of delicious keto and carnivore foods and digest them effortlessly. After you start taking masszymes, you may notice that you no longer feel bloated after meals and your belly feels flatter. And if you have leaky gut, masszymes could reduce gut irritation and help you absorb more nutrients. If you want freedom from your food, try masszymes risk-free and experience for yourself the magic of high-quality enzymes. For an exclusive offer to Keto Camp Podcast listeners, head over to masszymes.com slash ketocamp and use the coupon code ketocamp10 at checkout for 10% off your order. It's spelled M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S dot com slash ketocamp. We'll drop a link down below with the coupon code. You have uh, how many episodes in your podcast? 120-something-ish. 120-something on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. So my question for you is this. You've interviewed some awesome people, people that I've had on my guest, amazing men and women. What are some of the similarities you've seen with your guests? Because I know you bring on carnivore people, keto people, vegetarian people, high-protein, low-protein, etc. But what are some of the similarities out of these different experts that's come on your show? Well, I think we've talked about a few of them, right? Those two main pillars, which is sleep and stress. I think I had uh, Rob Wolf on and I asked him, I asked a lot of my guests at the end, if you had to get your body back to what it once was, what would you, what one thing, one tip would you give? And he mentioned sleep. And I think that comes up a lot. So prioritizing sleep, also prioritizing protein has come up a lot. I've maybe had one guest recently who was a vegetarian, who made, that wasn't the thing that he believed in, but that's, you know, everyone to each his own. But I would say prioritizing protein, prioritizing sleep, obviously managing stress. And then another one is resistance training, you know, things. So the stuff that we're talking about really has been a common theme. And, you know, I think to myself, well, you know, these guests were, we were repeating a lot of things, but, you know, like we talked about before, I think it really helps. You got to hear things, what, seven times from seven different people, something like that to finally get in there. And, I think that's so true. So I think those have been common themes along for most of my guests. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Fundamentals of health. And you're right about the repetition. My mentor, Dr. John Martini, once said, the moment you're bored with hearing the same thing over and over and over is the moment you finally get it. <laughs> so you want it to get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm do- I know this already. Then you you actually get it. But it takes three, four, five, six, seven times to hear it over and over and over from different people. So it's really cool to have um, podcasts like you do and I do to have the conversations and and get the science and get amazing, brilliant people and get it to our audience and have them 
synthesize the information. Here's the challenge that I've had, and I want to know if you have the same challenge. Not everybody is agreeing with each other, right? I brought on Paul Saladino, and he thinks you should never have a vegetable. You should only have, you know, some fruit and some meat. Then I bring on, I just interviewed today, uh, this is Dr. William Davis, who's like, eat different fruits and vegetables. He's like the super gut guy. So it's like almost confusing to the person listening or watching. So what would be your advice to somebody who's just like, oh my gosh, like one person saying something, this person saying the other, like, how do I get what's right for me? Mm. Self-experimentation. I had Jen Stevens on and I, we, I asked her that because she, her body doesn't metabolize fat like some people that maybe are on keto. So that was something that she learned through just experimenting and finding what works for her. So I think first and foremost, that's most important because obviously Saladino has a story because you know he had eczema, he has skin conditions and things that he couldn't have plants. And obviously it sort of turned into this big, you know, carnivore-ish diet that he now promotes and and that works well for him. But you know, to other people, like for example, Jen Stevens, it it doesn't maybe work well because she doesn't metabolize fat. So yes, I agree. It can be confusing. You know, I read Robert Lustig's book and he's all talking about fiber, fiber, fiber. And then you listen to Paul Cialdino, he's like, fiber doesn't really play a role in our diets. It doesn't need to. Um, you put it, you're putting it mildly. He says fiber is BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's good to take in different perspectives and then sort of internalize it and come up with, you know, what and, and try it out for yourself for and see if it works for you. I mean, that's yeah. exactly it. No, that's well said. You know, when you think about that's just the way it works. You think about thesis. So one person presenting an idea, let's say Paul Saladino, thesis, carnivore-ish, and so meat and fruit, nose to tail. That's the only way to do it. That's one thesis. And then you have Robert Lustig or somebody else who's saying, oh, actually, you need vegetables, you need fruit, you know, it creates diversity, get fiber. That's the antithesis. So antithesis, what's the opposite. Mm-hmm. And then what we do is get that information, like Brian is saying, and then we synthesize what works specifically for our unique needs. And you do that by experimenting. You do it by testing, getting lab work done, getting measurements done. How do you feel? And if you feel like you're getting on the right track, then you're on the right track. But if you feel like it's not working for you and your lab work is getting worse, then you have some changes to make. Maybe you then go a little bit more towards Paul's side or somebody else's side. Does that make sense, Brian? Totally, totally. And another thing that you could use if you talk about wearables, and I actually, I did one a while back. I think I'm going to do it again for for a month or so, is a CGM. Yeah. You know, I know glucose is not the end all. And, you know, you, you listen and obviously fasting insulin is, is like, I think the number one gold standard for, you know, like getting blood work. But, you know, as far as just testing out what foods work and what don't, I think having a CGM and seeing how different foods affect you as opposed to someone else, I think is really important. Yes. A CGM, which is a continuous glucose monitor, is an amazing, amazing tool. And you could just wear it for a couple of cycles, which is going to be two 14-day cycles, 28 days, getting a good idea. Look at your fasting glucose. Look at your postprandial glucose, which is after eating, an hour after eating, two hours after eating, you get really clear on the foods that work for you or against you. I also, I interviewed Dr. William Davis, super gut, right before this conversation. And he, in his new book, what I'm holding up here, he talks a lot about SIBO. And he talks about Mm -hmm. a new test, a new device. It's called the AIR device 
which you breathe into. And it's a very accurate way to determine if you have SIBO. And he believes a lot of people who could not tolerate fruits and vegetables, people who get rosacea, similar to, to Paul, have SIBO. Uh, and by using this, it's a great way to not right. only identify if you have SIBO, but also using it for different foods and sensitivities to different foods. So this is another thing we could throw into the mix. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just listening to him on um, uh, Abel James's podcast. I'll have to maybe get him get him on mine. <laughs> yeah. He's doing his book tour, it sounds like. so. He is. Yeah, it was a great conversation. And I love Abel too. Abel is amazing. The, the, the fat burning man. He's been around. He's, the, he's an OG, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think he was like the original. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. Actually, talk about gut health. I think that, you know, I know that's a big, you know, it's something maybe that we haven't even touched on. And I'm sure you talked with Dr. Davis a ton about that. But that's another one where it's like, you could be putting the good right foods in, but if you're not absorbing them and digesting them correctly, doesn't really matter, right? I mean, right. especially if you've had this pattern of a standard American diet for so long. You know, I actually just recently did a hydrocolotherapy. Uh, have you ever done that? I have not, but I know I know you interviewed um, what's his name? Is it Tim James? Yeah, Tim James. Yeah. Yeah, he he brought that to my attention. <laughs> How was it? Yeah. So it was a little uncomfortable at first, I will say. And a lot of it is becoming comfortable with that. So I think it, there's a mental aspect to doing it and making sure you feel comfortable. But you have the right person doing it. And I think there's a place for it. Like for someone maybe that's a clean eater and does a lot of right, you know, the right principles that we're talking about, maybe they don't need to do that a ton. I don't think that's necessary. But you know, perhaps it might be something to start with in the beginning just to if things are lodged in your colon and you need to sort of you know, and you have a lot of this even gas that's that's sort of built up, it can sort of maybe help get you off on the right foot. How did you feel after? Did you feel any difference? You know, I it's tough to say. I say I would say I felt a little bit of clarity, a little bit more clarity. I felt lighter. I think I actually, and she doesn't weigh people, but I weighed myself just to see if I was going to lose. Because Tim mentioned that this woman lost like a small dog. Yeah, um, after. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I did not lose a small dog. Uh, I think I lost almost a pound, but again, to people out there, it's not for it's not a weight loss tool, but you know, just to show you, you might have things that are stuck and lodged up in your colon that have been there for a while, and this could be just an avenue to you know, if you've plateaued or maybe if you just want to get off on the right foot. So I'd say I felt some clarity, I felt lighter, and I was sort of actually tired. You know, I think it took a little bit out of me. Just because it, you know, there's a little bit of stress around it. You know, it takes a little while to get used to it. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's another tool that we could throw into the <laughs> shed, right? Um, so, Brian, share a little bit about where the keto campers could go check you out. I'll show your podcast again. It's Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. Share where they could follow you on your social media and learn more about your uh, Fat Burner Blueprints program. Yeah. So, um, BrianGrin.com probably best place to find me, and my handles are all on there. But you know, at BDGrin my Instagram handle, but I'm on, you know, obviously I'm on LinkedIn and, and Facebook and things like that. Um, but yeah, BrianGrin.com has got it all. And as far as the blueprint program, that's more of a, a longer term six month program, which I think has been perfect. I've done some shorter programs where it's like, okay, you know, you just to get going and then it's like, oh, so this one's six months and it's one-on-one -on -one and, and it's individual coaching. So that, that it's more just like, if you want to message me, you could re reach me through my podcast, uh, excuse me, through my podcast, but through my w website or just email me at brian at briangrin.com. 
Awesome. And that's uh, Grin, G-R-Y-N, and Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Grin.com. Yes. So we'll put that in the notes down below. Brian, thanks for coming on my show. Thank you for interviewing me on your show. I, I look forward to more collaborations with you. And I think mm-hmm. this was really helpful to outline those pillars for my audience. So I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, Ben. Loved it. hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brian. You can learn more about him over at briangrin.com. His podcast is called the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I was a guest on there and he's had a ton of other incredible guests. So go listen to his podcast. We'll put his social media down below as well. You could go check out his program as well. We'll drop a link for his website. Check that out. If this episode was beneficial and you feel like somebody you know could get value from a conversation like this, please share it with a friend, a coworker, a colleague, a family member, and please consider leaving the show at rating and review on whatever podcast platform you're listening from. I want to thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.